Wow, you guys are uh, taking us pretty far out there, aren't you? I mean, it's uh, pretty far. Yes, yeah, just up ahead. I don't know. Yeah, dude, I gotta piss, man. Yeah, where's uh, Patrick anyway? He took a train to the village for a gift for everyone. Huh, okay. Well, there's a train near here? Yes, of course. By the way, welcome to Ahimente. Oh, oh, wow. Dude, pal, you guys got flutes and shit? What the fuck? Yo, there's hot girls here, man. <laughs> welcome, welcome! Welcome to our commune! Hey, thanks, man. So you must be Alex. In the flesh. Welcome, these are your friends. As you can see, things might be a little different for you. Oh, that's cool. But here is your complimentary jar of mayonnaise. Uh, okay. And your knife. My knife? Plus, I hope you love music. Yeah. Because over at the fuck tent, we have DJ Heaven's Gate. Wait, did you say fuck tent? Oh, man, this is going to be great. Now, first things first, okay. we must hey, whoa, make whoa. you... Oh, Come on now. Still. Hey, hey, we must sit, you must what? drink the, the special herbs. Uh, oh, what the fuck, man? There you go. You don't have to force it, man. I don't want to get fucked up. Ah, what a good victim uh, you are. What, what did you do to me, though? Uh, stop. Uh, uh, <laughs> Everything's uh, uh, No, no, no. No, 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 no! No, As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will realize that there is something ahead. Something that lurks. What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right, we're back for episode 146, and today we're going to be talking about Midsomar by Ari Aster. You've probably seen Hereditary by now. Well, this is his second movie with like no space in between, dude. <laughs> like, like literally, it's just like bam, bam. He's just on fire right now, I guess. You know, he's just like feeling the creative juices or teas with mushrooms in him. In this case, <laughs> a lot of trippy shit going on in this movie, let me tell you. Uh, but we'll tell you all about that in our spoiler-free section. And then you guys are going to definitely want to stick around to the spoiler section if you've seen the movie. Because I think that um, I've covered a lot of, <laughs> of fucking research on this. Yeah, I saw his notes. It's uh, it's impressive. It's pretty impressive. He's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely going to get 
two sides of the coin in this podcast because literally I watched the movie. Well, you don't need to say anything about how you feel about it. I don't think I'm not going to say anything. You may be surprised as about how I feel. You so don't assume. I'm not. I'm. You know what they say about assuming? Assumptions are the mother of all fuck ups. uh, Yeah, I'm not going to make an ass out of you or me. What I'm going to say though is like he literally had a couple days to digest this film, and on the other side of that coin, I literally watched this film. And then came to do the podcast. I tried to tell you. Tried to tell you to figure out some way. Right. I just, time willing, just was not on my side this, <laughs> this week. So, but yeah, we got a lot of thoughts on that. So you guys are going to want to stick around for that. How's your week been? How you been doing? Oh, it's uh, been crazy. Like, uh, just been working on the baby's room and trying to get shit, oh, you know, put yeah. together, painted. And I heard he got a new pair of sneaks already. Yeah, you get, Alex here got us some, some sneakers for the baby. Got Ooh. us little, uh. Chuck Converse. Taylors, yeah, little Chuck Taylors. Oh, he's gonna be styling, dude. <laughs> if it's it, dude, but my kid's gonna be massive. I know he's gonna grow out of those. They're gonna be like dangling from my fucking wind, like rearview mirror. Wait till you see what like, we got you next, too. What'd you get? Oh, uh, we got something else too. <laughs> oh yeah, it's coming. Oh. We just couldn't get it in time, so. Well, thank you in advance. Yeah, well, whatever. It's yeah, just whatever. <laughs> it's fun for us. So, <laughs> plus we know you guys are excited. So, but hey, guys, just as a reminder, don't forget. I wanted to give you guys an extra week because I didn't mention this on last week's episode, but we have a giveaway that we're going to be giving away. Two, We actually got two boxes ready to go for each month. So we got another box at the end of this month coming up. That what's you can, in the box? Yeah, what's in the box? But we got Blu-rays, DVDs, stuff I've picked up, Christina put together. It's really kind of Christina's project that she just wants to you know, give back to you, but I help out with it too. She just likes to... Uh, help out with the podcast. She's a big part of the podcast, whether she's on it or not. Right. Um, Because she keeps the fucking lights on. (laughs) So, uh, uh, but yeah, guys, if you want to sign up for the free giveaway, you have to be within the United States or Canada. We'll basically send you out a package. All you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com, go to our VIP club section, and fill out your information with your name, your email. That will let you be a part of the VIP club, which will also let you know of anything that we're doing when a new episode airs, stuff like that. If you decide to throw it in the trash and not fucking use it, it'll go automatically to spam, so you can't get tricky. You'll just be removed from the list. That's the way it's set up. And why would you want to anyway, considering we're going to be doing giveaways every month, guys, for every single month? So you're going to want to sign up anyway and stay connected because, you know, fuck free movies, dude. I don't fucking know. What do you want? (laughs) So say so stay signed up. And uh, this week we are going to contact the winner. So you're going to want to be checking your emails. I'm going to pick a random person to send this to as long as they're in the U.S. or Canada and we'll send it out to you. So you're going to definitely want to fucking check your emails because if I don't hear back from you by that month or, you know, from a day or two, I'm going to go ahead and ask the next person. So whoever writes back first is the winner uh, but uh, I'll give you a few days to kind of like mull it over I'll hit you up Thursday night just to be fair so but let us know sign up VTV VIP club right away so I went to the um, Mad Monster convention right the right Mad, was yeah. Sid Haig there this year uh, Sid Haig was there um, there was uh, a bunch of people did uh, Tom Atkins did he make his way behind the bar this year at all make some um drinks? I didn't actually, I was, it's strange because the first night I went, I was like not feeling well. 
I don't know what it was, but it was really weird. And so that net day, was it like a stomach thing or head? Or? It was head and and body. So oh. like I was just like I'm gonna go relax. Right. I think because I crammed so much work in those three days before the the event that I was like just tired. Yeah, and I, I and I was mentally worn out. So if like my mind was not all there, you know. Well, when you got like fucking no room to walk yeah. in the convention center, it's like kind of overwhelming, you know. Right. So, but yeah, the second day we went out, we went did a lot more. We went and saw um, Matthew Lillard's. Um, I would say his is probably the most stand out, but we saw Matthew Lillard's um, panel. Oh, and, yeah. And he was like, let me see the mic. I don't even want to sit up here. <laughs> <laughs> like, and he just like really, I mean, I really enjoyed watching him talk about the industry and what happened to him and like why he's not a fan of horror. Uh, he said, Scream's the scariest movie ever. Fuck it. I don't like horror. <laughs> <laughs> he said uh, 13 Ghosts was shit. He's like, why would you even care about that film? It's terrible. Right. <laughs> and I kind of like it now. It's kind of grown on me as a bad, so bad it's good film. Yeah. Because it's just silly. Like, I don't know what it is, guys, but do you guys ever watch bad movies? And I don't mean just so bad it's good horror movies. I just mean, like, movies that you know are bad, that you don't have to focus on so much, that you can just sit back and just, like... Kind of uh, turn off. Yeah, just right. kind of chill well, we and just, just watch its silliness. One, yeah. Actually. We just you just one of your fans just gave you a demolition man yeah and well, judge dread. Uh, one of my buddies plemke gave me uh judge dread the stallone movie and uh demolition man i guess i'm in a stallone mood <laughs> uh, but yeah he uh he got these for me thank you by the way man i'll be having those in the video that i'll be putting up this week so um but yeah yeah i like those kind of movies man right. like we watched the last witch hunter which is fucking vin diesel playing a witch hunter dude never watched it <laughs> it's it's actually not as bad as I thought it was. Really? Yeah, like, I thought it was going to be terrible, but, it, it, you know, it's CGI fuckfest. But it's kind of fun, like, and I like some of the characters in the movie, and I, I, I wouldn't mind actually seeing a second one. It's not a great movie. It's just one of those movies that we're talking about. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, like, come on, Demolition Man? That is terrible. Like, that is terrible good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and dude, Judge Dredd grew on me last time I watched it. I actually really like it. Like I told it. you, dude, like, I'll watch anything with Snipes. Like, yeah, well, like, yeah. <laughs> I almost picked up Blade, too, recently, too, because they had, like, uh, at Walmart, they have Blade in there. Yeah, come back and do another Blade. Like, please, Snipes. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Well, there's already it. talk about it, actually. And Wesley Snipes, is they're not getting a new guy. I don't know. You know, odds are they probably pick somebody else. But, uh, I mean, if you think about it, like, he was kicking ass before a lot of people were. Right. In superhero movies. What was that one in the airplane, the Passenger 57? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> he should do a movie about taxes. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Playing himself. <laughs> Anyway, guys, so I think it might be that time. Oh, shit. Horse shots! Uh... <laughs> That's terrible. Uh... <laughs> How not to file your taxes by... <laughs> At least a docu series or something. <laughs> <laughs>
So, guys, you know we're going to be talking about Midsommar. We won't try to ruin anything in it, but there is some, you know, tiny, minor things in the movie. They drink these drinks all the time. They get them kind of fucking swifty. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they're uh, pretty... I don't, you know, like, we don't know what's in it. You kind of do at one part in the movie. So I tried my best to come up with something that would be close to uh, what they came up with, even though there's probably no alcohol in these drinks. Did you uh, put pubes in it? Yeah. <laughs> God, dude, I thought about that. <laughs> but nobody's going to do that. Like, these are just ridiculous. I, do you, any of you guys even try these shots? Do you know how much work we put into these motherfucking shots? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, so... In this shot, it's called a summer soul, as in summer solstice. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But there's a couple, of, it's like a double or triple entendre there. Right. Uh, soul means sun, summer, solstice, uh, so on. Soul, your body, spirit, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but so what you're going to want to do in this, you're going to basically make some jasmine tea because we fancy out here. Uh, you're going to make that cold, too. So you're going to make sure you, when you brew it, you cool it down. Put it in this. You're going to... Oh, this is a chilled shot, so you're going to want to have absolute vodka, which is from Sveden. Or is it Sved... What is that other? Sveden? Yeah, I don't know. One of those Swedish <laughs> vodkas, whatever you prefer. Um, and then you're going to put in some peach snaps because um, their drinks kind of look like a, like a pinkish orange. So I was trying to get it the color of that. So you may want to use like some juice or something like that if you want to color it up to be real themey. Um, but... We were going to use St. John's wort in the shot because it's throughout the entire movie, by the way. And uh, it's an actual ingredient in their drinks, by the way. <laughs> uh, but it's not recommended by doctors, so don't do it. <laughs> you should never mix St. John's wort with alcohol, actually. It could cause like people to get sick and dizzy. So don't do that. But when you want to take this shot, you're going to say out loud to your friends and everybody. You say, when you hear your family <laughs> and then you say skull to cheers because that's like cheers. Oh, is it? Yeah. And Sweden. 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 Yeah. That's more German. I'm sounding German or something. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I'm just a complete wreck. Dip into the sambu. Oh, yeah. We got to take the shot. I forgot about that. Cheers to a oh, they got a touch. completely weird episode. Salute. Salute. Skull, bitch. Skull. God, I hate fucking black, black licorice anything. Man, the book is strong in this one. Cheers. Right. Skull. Cheers. Skull. All right, man. Delicious. Let's do a good episode, guys. Let's, let's get weird. <laughs> let's get crazy. Let's get fucking weird. But anyway, so if you guys would love to try out a summer soul, all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shots section. Now, that's it for horror shots. So now we're going to go ahead and jump into our spoiler-free section of Midsommar, Ari Aster's movie that just came out this week. And uh, then we'll give you full warning when we jump into the spoiler section. We'll give you an alarm, all that stuff. So don't worry, we're not going to spoil anything. So let's go ahead and jump into our spoiler-free review of Midsommar right now.
I'm going to give you all the like, details of everyone that was in the movie and such. And then we'll get into we're going to get into your thoughts first. So this is going to be interesting since he literally came here from the movie. Popcorn in hand still. Yeah, I ate some of it. It was pretty good. Um, It's not as good as the the cheddar cheddar uh, popcorn, by the way. But anyway, so Midsommar just came out this week. It's about a couple that travels to Sweden to visit a rural hometown's fabled Midsummer Festival. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. Uh, I'm not being a dick, but um, so this movie was obviously directed and written by Ari Aster, who came out with Hereditary. And as I always mention that you guys should always look up on Vimeo, just type in and Google type in Vimeo and type in the strange thing about the Johnsons. You want to see some weird family shit? Watch that. You will not be dissatisfied. Also in this movie, the cast is Florence Pugh who plays Danny, the main actress in this movie. She was in The Falling, Malevolent, Fighting With My Family. It's a comedy coming out, I guess, or has been out. I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, with The Rock or whatever. They're like all wrestlers. Or Maybe. Yeah. Oh, I didn't I didn't realize that. Also, it has Jack Raynor, who is Christian, her boyfriend. He was in Dollhouse, Delivery Man, Glassland, Macbeth, Detroit, and Kin. It also stars William Jackson Harper, who I recognize immediately. He played Josh. Uh, he is uh, in a movies such as Patterson, They Remain. He's actually also one of the stars in the TV comedy The Good Place, which is pretty fun. Dude, that is funny as shit. Yeah, like <laughs> it's a it's a fun it's a fun watch when you're chilling by yourself for sure. Yeah. Um, and then Lost Holiday he was in. It also stars Wilhelm Blomgren, who plays Pell. He's a relatively new actor. In fact, he's actually only in one TV show before this in Sweden, I'm assuming, called The Days the Flowers Bloom. He did one episode before getting this role. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're it, guy. You're yeah, hired. He, he plays their tour guide into the weird and uh, obscure. It also stars Will Poulter, who is Mark the Jokester, the Jester, the funny guy. <laughs> he was the son in We're the Millers. He was in the Maze Runner franchise. He was in Detroit. He's also in Colin. He's Colin Rittman in the de- as the developer in Black Mirror episode, the Bandersnatch movie. Okay, that was like the interactive one. He's also in Revenant, Glassland as well. So there's a little bit of you know recycling of actors in same movies here. You can see that it was like somehow pulled from the same movie experience they're probably like well he's good i like him here and this i will destroy him (laughs) uh the movie was made on a 10 million dollar budget and as it stands of today friday the movie is at about 82 percent on rotten tomatoes and uh with a 69 percent with audience score patrick you want my thoughts yes i'm still digesting as we talk right now right fucking but I would have to say it's one of the only movies that me and my wife literally had nothing to say afterwards. We were, <laughs> it was dead silence in the car on the ride over. <laughs> I think the only thing we said to each other on the way out was like, what just happened? That was a movie and we did watch it. And I was yeah. like, Those are factual thoughts <laughs> that actually happened. Uh, it seemed like a lot of other people felt the same way. Yeah. And maybe they'll feel differently, as I will probably, as I have time to digest this movie. 
Um, yeah, it's definitely not a jump out of the theater and talk about it kind right. of flick. Yeah, it's kind of you needed to have some reflecting on mm-hmm. this for sure. Uh, As do most of his shit. Yeah. Even I mean, when we watched Hereditary. I mean, we we were just like, last week, right? Yeah, and we were fucking blah, 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 talking about everything in the movie. And my right. dad, we watched it with my dad as well, and he didn't get it. So you feel like your dad right now? Yeah, I feel like my dad right now. <laughs> I, I, well, no, I, I mean, you do follow around with the the basic. I mean, they don't, there's not. I mean, there is symbol symbolism. In you know what movie. I mean, though. Yeah. Like you're bewildered and like, what the fuck? What the fuck did I just go through? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh. As far as like the acting, acting was on point. Okay, like, it was great acting. Right. Okay. Uh, Do you think it's as good as the acting in Hereditary? On par, maybe on slightly par. below. It's on par. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it was. There was any bad acting in the movie, right? At, by any means. Um, this I'm a sucker for cinematography, and yes, it does have a lot of beautiful shots. Okay. The gore, the gore that there was in the movie yeah. was really good. Okay. Like really freaking good. Uh, that was a highlight of the movie for you. The highlight? I'm saying it was a highlight. It was a highlight in the movie, yes. For sure. Okay. The first death scene, you will, if you're a fan of gore, you see that first death scene and you're going to be like, oh, maybe like a little something comes out, <laughs> stains okay. your pants or Jesus something. Jesus Christ. It, it, it was like, it made me go, oh! <laughs> How dare you? Right. This is someone's fucking body. <laughs> Uh, what do you think about the the kills? Would I watch general? it again? Maybe. It, it it is a two and a half hour movie. Right. It is it is a slow burn. Uh, there is a certain vibe to this movie. Uh, that is. Yeah. What do you think of the overall vibe? Like, did it make you grip? Was it gripping? Did you no. feel like you wanted to know what happens next, or were you just sitting there going, "Please, something happen next." Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Please, please, something. Okay. Something to the effect of being tense or scared or thrilled it, there wasn't did you feel was, uncomfortable at all at any point in I time i didn't okay there was no uncomfortable moment that's what i'm saying it, it really didn't do that much for me and i i, I really I, I really don't want to rag on the movie because there is merit to this because well yeah there's like good acting and shit and right that's there's what you're definitely saying, yeah. merit in this film okay uh i think what, that's fair i don't think you said anything ridiculous right but would i watch it again it, it, maybe probably not yeah. Do you think this will be in your top 10 for the year? No. Okay. No. Hereditary definitely is, but that wasn't this year. Yeah. But her, uh, comparing this movie and Hereditary would seem unnecessary. Yeah. It's a totally different thing. It's, it, it, it in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's it just, it's just different. Okay. But, uh, if you're a fan of his work, I do suggest go watch it. Okay. It, it, it definitely has merit and, uh, give it a shot. Maybe you like it. Okay. I mean, I think most people are going to want to see it just based on the hereditary thing alone. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Don't go in with your preconceived notion of hereditary. Right. Just, just like you would with us or, uh, or get out. Chucky or, oh, yeah. or anything. Just go in and, and, and go for the ride. Try not to fucking be one of those dudes. It's like, well, this is what's going to happen to this person. This is, this is like, well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what your mind does, whether you speak aloud or not. I think maybe I'm just gifted and I can just turn that part <laughs> off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> is that called gifted? Yeah. I, you know, I strap or a blindsided. Helmet on. Yeah, put my little helmet on here. <laughs> uh, just, just go along for the ride. Okay. And then at the end, start digesting it and then you know say what you feel about it okay but don't go in with any of your preconceived notions thinking it's going to be as good as hereditary or better yeah 
I think it's a very, um, I have a lot of thoughts on it, actually. Oh, so. I saw your thoughts, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I always do because I try to dig into why I feel the way I do. Right. And we're not necessarily even for other people, but I just want to know for myself. Exactly. Like, why is it that I feel this way? Hmm. Mm. So I will say this. I ain't going to go to Sweden anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. Right. I white, mean, you guys make some good candy. I love Swedish fish. Yeah, but white people are fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> and those are the whitest motherfuckers out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, you guys. You, you, you make some great beer. Yeah, you take your mayonnaise and you get the fuck out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, at the very least. You know, Swedish folk, they some kinky ass motherfuckers. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, they some fucked up, straight up, dark, kinky motherfuckers, dude. I mean, and also the other thing I kept thinking the whole time I'm watching this movie is, all right, which one of you pissed in Ari Aster's childhood? <laughs> which one of you did it? Who shit the bed? Who was it? Because there are some dark secrets brewing in his past. I'll be telling you that. I mean, I want to know who's responsible for that or right. what is the pivoting moment that caused i do like his fetish for head trauma though because yeah we were just reading an article about that yeah you and he said he me. doesn't even know what the reason is like but don't 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 spoil anything all right um jokes aside though guys like i i i'll just come out and say it it's not as good as hereditary to me it's also i, I totally agree with that. i definitely agree that it's better than the witch uh, again but you know that's not very you know, hard to beat in my book personally, because for those of you who know me and know me talking about the witch, I don't get it. And it's not that I don't get it. Like I get it. It just, it, it left you with blue balls. It's right? a coming of age shale. Great. So it's like someone was jerking you off and right where you're about to come. You're just like, they just let go. Well, like, I don't, I don't care about that particular coming of age. They wanted to make it too realistic. And this one, so this is very similar in the, in the slow drawn out fucking tense scenes uh, although I will say that the witch may have been a little bit more tense yeah. than this one, but it just I I didn't get blue balls with this movie, whereas the witch I did. Yeah, you're like, damn it. So at least Midsommar gave me, you know, finished me off before I fucking, you know, like instead of the witch where it was just like, oh, just you want to pre come right? Yeah, I'm done. What about you? Right. Like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> um. But, you know, Midsommar at least gave me a better ending. So I really do appreciate that. At least it was uh, fulfilled. It was a full movie. It wasn't an assumed film. It, it lays it out there. Some people probably feel maybe a little too obvious. Others may think the same thing, but then realize later on that, oh, shit, that's what it meant. Oh, OK. Right. It's one of those movies. You it's know what I mean? It's definitely something you have to. Like we were saying, you got to really think about everything that happened in the movie. And I didn't have that time. Yeah. I mean, personally, it didn't super reflect with me. It's a beautiful, uncomfortable and one hell of a way to describe family yet again, because hereditary family yet again. Yeah. I totally saw the connection there before I even read anything about what Ari Aster had to say. I, I it's, it's all family oriented. And yeah. like, that's why I say, what the fuck happened to your childhood? Who pissed in it? Because there's something going on there, but whatever. Someone put pubic hair in his cream of wheat. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, hereditary had some more, it had more layers in, in it that were more obvious. I think, that would lead you to try to draw your own conclusions to certain things. Whereas this sort of just is to the common viewer. 
I think it's a much more personal film to Ari Aster, and I'll explain why later on uh, when we get into the spoiler sections than it is. I think it's more personal than it is a casual viewing experience. This is not like Hereditary in that sense, where it has a much wider audience to be able to grab a hold of, uh, whether it's slow, fast, whatever. This movie is a little bit more personal, um, and it's hard to explain that without spoiling it. But there is a hell of a lot more to this movie than most will probably understand or know. Uh, as I did the research on this movie, I can proudly tell you that there is a lot more to this movie than I originally thought walking out of the theater, as you probably feel right now, Patrick. I mean, the man studied for months about like the Midsummer Festival and right. like what it's about, the traditions, Scandinavian traditions, runes, language, and literally a hell of a lot more than you would ever expect to make this. So it's not just some fleeting, quick thing, right. you know and what I mean? to that, I commend him, dude. Like, right. He, he even went on record to say, I wanted this to be something that seems obvious, but isn't. Okay. So. So you're saying most of the stuff that I should have picked up are probably not should have picked nobody up. Nobody would have picked it up. He, no, he literally made it research. that way. Yeah. Right. He would, he made it that way. Um, almost like cryptic. So I thought it was kind of cool too, like how they did the different, like bright daytime scenes. You know, with the whole midnight sun that they talk about in the movie to contrast with the dark behavior that everybody is having, the unsettling, weird, odd culture that you're having, some sort of culture shock, and then playing on that emotion of what culture shock is versus like what you should really be worried about, what culture is maybe. I don't know if he's making a message there. It's pretty fucking graphic, like you said, like super graphic at times, but it didn't really resonate with me necessarily like i wish there was more of that right it didn't like let me just be clear though it, this movie did not need to be hereditary for me i went in expecting something a little bit different i definitely right. expected there to be more as but, well as you should right but when i walked out i felt like huh it definitely makes you think yeah like no no no, no it's not even about just made me think i was just like okay so this is like way more single layered than i thought Mm. And the more then you started peeling yeah, those layers, then when back. I started peeling it back, I mean, for those of you who are into sleuthing, who are into movies that have like uh, metaphorical sort of deeper meanings on like, certain yeah, things, symbolism and all that, you're gonna fucking love this movie. Yeah, uh, I think I think you'll probably uh, think it's one of the better movies this year. Um, I don't think that the I don't know. I don't know. There's just something about it. I think some people are going to really, really enjoy this movie and it's going to divide a lot of people. I love the unsettling behavior in the movie. I love the fucking cinematography. I love the acting. You actually I, felt unsettled with some of the stuff? Some of the stuff was a little unsettling. Like, how would I be in that situation if I was in there? Like, um, like I don't want to spoil it, but you just... You make me feel, feel like I'm fucked up now. No, no, no. Because has, I didn't feel unsettled No, 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 no. You don't understand how much time I've spent on this, Patrick. Like, I've had time to digest this. Okay. You have not. Things will start to reverberate and echo in your mind long after you see this movie that you will not be able to forget. And for that reason alone, it's a good movie, in my opinion. If you just write it off as like, oh, well, that's too obvious, then you're 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 not seeking deep enough. Right. Um, I think, you know, you know, that feeling that you get when you like hold your breath like you did in Hereditary at that one moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? And then quickly exhaling kind of like they do in the movie. Actually, this movie. <gasps> 
which I thought was going to be a little bit more prevalent in this movie, and they didn't, but whatever, because they did it in the trailer, which was awesome. I love that. Um, but I don't know if it's going to pack the punch that everybody wants, you know? It, it does a beautiful and fucked up job well. Like, it does everything beautiful, everything fucked Do up. Do not expect any kind of slasher moments in this movie. No, 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 though. This is a completely different film than that. Uh, I don't even consider it a horror, almost. Yeah, but it is. Say, it, it's it more is, like an art film. He is, Ari Aster is the type of person who will like to unpeel a human being and, and why they do things too. And I think that I respect about him, but what may be fascinating to him might not be to a wider audience. Right. I mean, so the tension is there, but not the way I almost kind of became desensitized to it because it was almost so forced. Right. For yeah, so yeah, yeah. many totally long periods saying. of time mm-hmm. that I'm like, I don't know, man. So I think that it, like where it's the impact, like the big moment in the movie, which there's like one really big one um, that is supposed to be the big shocking moment because it's Ari Aster after all. I don't know. It kind of lost. It kind of like dithered down after that a little bit for me. And, and that moment was so dragged out. I knew it was coming 10 minutes before it even happened. It was like this big, big buildup, which I appreciate. You know, I'm not trying to take away from it or anything like oh, that. I have no problem with slow burn. No, not at all. Me either. I, I'm always a defender of that shit. Right. But I can see a lot of people will be upset about how long this movie is. Because literally, guys, the beginning of this movie, it takes so long to really get into. There's like one tiny little moment in the kind of beginning that, but it's just it is a very slow burn movie so if you're not into those you're probably not gonna like this i don't know why you'd be wanting to see an ari aster movie anyway there was literally this was so funny we had a woman sitting next to us in that moment i'm talking about in this movie that's the big one she got up and walked out we never saw her again no shit yeah (laughs) i'm like thinking to myself was like she was like oh my god this looks like the sound of music (laughs) and then she was like okay what the fuck harold what did you do to me? thought it was really weird that she got up and left. I'm like, oh, she clearly hasn't seen Hereditary or she wouldn't be here. Right. You know what I mean? Or, or like, maybe she thought it was going to be something completely different. Sound of music. That's what I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> she was like, oh, my God, a coming of age tale about the sound of music. <laughs> anyway, I think I think some people are are going to be um, bored by this one just because it's not their cup of tea to like dig deep into this shit and like look for like deeper meanings and stuff. But for people who are, I, I think you'll find some value out of it. I mean, it, you know, I don't it know. kept me intrigued. Yeah. I mean, some people are really pissed about this movie. Like I've seen some people online being upset and uh, calling it like in like in the past few days, I've seen people say, oh, it's the Wicker Man ripoff. And I'm like, yeah, I see where you're going there. Like, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, like, but... I totally get it, but it, it, I, I, I can... I can also say this movie is much more personal than Wicker Man, and it is not just the weird sake for weird of, like, some... It's not about... It's not about what you think it's about. I'll just say that without spoiling it. It's there's, there's a much more obvious thing that's right there in front of your face the entire movie right? and that you don't realize, but... And that's almost... I don't know, clever in a sense. Yeah, I just, I don't think it's the Wicker Man. I get why they're saying it, because there's parts in the movie of Wicker Man that are very similar to this one, and I totally get it. I'm not saying you're wrong, I'm just saying that I don't agree with that sentiment. 
It's well acted, visually stunning. Cinematography is on point. The dread can be there for some people, I think. The message is super strong. And and the more you keep digging, like I keep mentioning, it's odd enough. The odd doesn't really outweigh the film enough for me. Like, like I wanted it to be more odd. Like, it is odd, but I just wanted it to be a little darker, I think. A little more fucked up. I mean, there was even moments where I, like, you even said that you laughed and I laughed like Christina and I were cracking up (laughs) in the theater comfortably hilarious yes like and we'll talk about that in the spoiler section for sure but this movie it does have a message underlining emotion and it's a journey in my personal opinion of self-discovery and moving past our tragedies in a lot of ways and this I think is probably the most poignant thing about the film like that is what this film is more about um comparing it to like you know different cycles of nature and you know mixing in some weird lore which i think the lore is so deep oh dude (laughs) that there's nobody that would like regular people are not going to know this lore but the more you find interest in it and the more you wonder why you're going to be like holy shit that's a lot of really big thought there was like i'm not going to talk about it but there's one piece of lore that was like I remember hearing about that. Okay. We'll talk about it in the spoiler sections. I think that that gives this movie, having that lore and like the that depth to it, gives this movie something more than just some sort of a th- aesthetic, like simple movie that's about this like girl going to this like weird culture thing. And like, there's more to it than that. But then again, you know, is it enough for most average viewers to want to stay and really hold this dear to them? And I think it's for an average viewer. Probably not. I wouldn't think so. You know, I did some searching on like different languages dude, and you, shit, you dude. Deep, dude. Deep, but, deep. But like, I think movie fans of movies that they love to like dig into that stuff. I'll just repeat that again. They're going to probably love this. People who like the movie Mother might actually really like this film in some ways, too. Yeah. Um, it's not as surrealistic, although it is surreal. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. it's not as surreal as something like Mother which is like really all over the place for now. For me, I'm struggling with like a six or a seven. It leans seven probably because it's a, it's a beautiful movie about self discovery, that journey that we have in our lives with weird shit. But it's also a six because I can't really see myself watching it that often. I think I'm stuck at like maybe a 6.5. Okay. Between those, like it's on the fence. Like I appreciate the message that they're telling in it, especially as I started doing more research, I guess maybe because I feel a little more ownership over that. Yeah. Because I spent so much time with it. So like it is impressive that he puts it in there, regardless if, if, if people are going to do it or not. I appreciate that. That's more than most filmmakers do, you know, and maybe we'll touch base on me next week and we'll see how I feel about the film. Well, there's nothing week. wrong. I, I mean, I feel pretty much the same as you. I mean, six or seven for me. And, and, you know, I love Hereditary. That was my number one film last year. I wasn't expecting Hereditary. I was definitely expecting something different. I knew that when I saw the fucking trailer. I was like, okay, yeah, this is different. But And that's what I love about you. I think it definitely is not a bad film, though, and it will definitely divide people of inter- on interest of the subject matter alone, and it depends what you're tolerant of. And if, if you're digging into a movie this deep, is it worthwhile to you? So it's really kind of up in the air, so it's really best just to see for yourself. But if you're expecting Hereditary and to be a little bit more, I don't know, because I know a lot of people feel like this movie should have been a little bit deeper, and, and I think it's deeper than they're giving it credit. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I could I could see where you're coming from. But but on the surface, yeah, it doesn't lay it out there. Like you really got to have a sleuthing kind of mindset to really get into this, and that's why I say this movie is very personal. Mm. Um, as a matter of fact, when we get into the spoiler section, I'll tell you why he wrote this movie and uh, what I found out about it. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it for the fucking spoiler free section, guys. So uh, if you have seen the movie and you want to have it all like kind of like what our thoughts are on it and moments that we like, some maybe some trivia that I did some digging around for, um, you're going to want to stick around. So yeah, sound that fucking alarm. Dude. Let's sound that fucking alarm. All right, guys. So now if you're listening here, then you are already in the spoiler section. Deep in the shit. The trivia, some of our scenes. We're going to be spoiling a lot of that because we want to talk about it. Um, Even if I don't like a movie, I try to like at least put that kind of effort in. You know what I mean? As well as you should. I mean, I want to at least try to like, I want things to be good. I really do. And I'm not saying this is a bad movie. I'm just saying I'm going to try to do that. That's what I believe. When you're reviewing a movie, I think you shouldn't put all your personal thoughts i mean you i mean yes i don't think and no, it's, I don't it think it's right to be, tell anybody that but i right. also don't i think that you should as your own personal mindset try to separate as much of yourself from you your expectations discourage people from seeing a film no because i'm not everybody so and nor should anybody be just like me so what i like they might not like whatever but what so do you have any kind of like spoiler thoughts that you want to kind of like talk about like nowhere near the end let's just talk about like very early on as far as what are we talking scenes here we just talk about overall no i mean like i have trivia and i also have like research that i did all tucked in throughout it but i mean let's just talk with the opening of the movie like how you were feeling like what you were expecting like right off the bat did it did it did it take too long for you to even like finally get like interest did you because like for me i was like okay so when's it gonna turn like when's everything is gonna go bad right right uh I, I may have thought it was going to be more of a, I don't know. I thought I thought there would be more tense scenes to it. Right. It's 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 like slowly pull, pulling you along this journey, and you're just kind of like I don't know, like almost a tour. It's like oh, look over here to your left. You have blah 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 blah, and over here you da 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 da. You was, do, you weren't emotionally connected to it. No. Okay. Not by any means. Understandable. I mean, I don't think everybody should be. Hopefully they're not, because this what the, what the nature of this movie I think it is about is hopefully something that nobody has to kind of like experience, but we all do in some way. Maybe right. not as dark, because yeah. yeah. Ari Aster's fucked up in the way he describes mundane shit right. or fucking bad experiences <laughs> that we have in our life, you know? He's like, man, I dropped my glass of milk. What if the glass of milk was really a time capsule and it was actually a demon and it was like <laughs> sucking on your head? And it's like, fuck, dude, like, calm down. I don't want to fucking have nightmares. Like, is it half full or half empty? Kind I don't of know. Thing? It's just like he elaborates on things a lot that other people would normally just pass over. Right. Like he he will write a story for why you dropped that glass of milk. That is like, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Um, but no, like here, let me be, maybe I can help, help us kind of ease us into this. Like, this is something I was, I was writing to like, kind of like, like get my mind into it. All right. Uh, it's about how we hold on to our pain. 
Yeah, okay. And as somebody, me, uh, who has gone through different uh, bouts of depression throughout my life, just like most human beings. Yeah, if you're um, human, yeah. Right. Like, you know, whether you realize it or not, some people don't even realize Unless you're it. like fucking Patrick Bateman or some shit. Well, and some people, like I said, they don't realize that they're even depressed. Like, sometimes we lie to ourselves so much, we don't even realize that we're sad. Yeah. And we try to convince ourselves otherwise and because it's just like an auto react sort of thing. But it's like it's like that morbid nostalgia that you have for these tragedies in your life and 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 how we let people into our lives who enable that pain or who the people we hang on to to allow that pain to continue to exist within ourselves. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And like cuz somehow I think like we sometimes when we're going through pain like we deserve it. Even though we were saying out loud, like, why is this happening to me? I don't understand. And then you get, like, this weird... Like, euphoric? No, I don't want to say euphoric. I just mean, like, you get this weird, like, attachment to it. Mm. Because it's yours. Right. Okay. It's it's totally yours. Even though you want people to relate to you in that pain... It is overwhelming and you it embraces you and it, and it takes you in and convinces you that you deserve this uh, because it's happening and you don't understand why it's happening. Does that make sense? Yeah. For example, when Pell, the Swedish guy that introduces them to their family and stuff, there's like a moment where he tried to talk to Danny about her pain. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry that you went through this with your family. You know, like, I just was so sad and I'm just so glad that you're coming like this is. So really, I'm really think this is going to be a great thing for you or whatever. And she just like gets upset and then like walked away from it and would allow him into her pain because it's so personal. The transition between scenes right there. Great. was fucking awesome. She goes to the bathroom and it's actually on the on the plane to Sweden. Yeah. Right. But it upset her and her unwillingness to let someone remove that pain or to share that pain is very interesting to me as somebody who. I'm not saying, you know, poor me, whatever. Christian is the guy that doesn't know how to deal with it. You know, he's like who helps her kind of like sweep it under the rug because Mm. he doesn't know how to deal with it. And then finally, you know, removing all that hurts us. Like, that's also what this movie is about. You know, you remove all of that that hurts you some way, whether it's the best way like cleaning it up perfectly and like, you know, cause like you can't just sweep shit under the rug cause it'll come back to bite you later on psychologically. Oh yeah. Um, but Christian is also the guy who enables her to be able to exist in that space of pain. And maybe I'm getting too deep here guys, but you know, I'm, I'm thinking of like people who exploit our emotions for their own personal gain, um, selfishness or, you know, even those, things that separate us from our true selves and the love that we have for ourselves. Um, sometimes you can believe in things that you do wrong too, which is weird too. Like, yeah. like you really just believe that it's okay. And sometimes you don't, and then you do it anyway. So there's like a weird, but it's also about allowing those who care to help us love ourselves too, in a way, in this really weird, dark way. I'm not saying anything in this movie is the right way to go to fix yourself (laughs) by any means. But you know what I mean? Like, I think it's like a personal journey told in the dark backdrop of this like pagan ritual turned nightmarish sort of like bright sunshine world and uh, comparing the, you know, the seasons to our moments in our lives and how we get older and like all these different things and like 
growth, spring, change, like that is a big thing. And then, of course, you know, offering those sort of like moments in our life that things blocked us from being happy uh, as like a sort of like offering to the gods, you know, the things that prevented us from loving ourselves because they hurt us or we allowed them to hurt us or we we enabled them to hurt us because we do a lot of damage to ourselves then because we think we deserve it sometimes. And I think that's what this is about. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you know, like I said, offering these 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 things that destroyed our life or allowed us to fucking be upset and then burning them, offering them to the gods and then somehow come into awareness, like transcend into awareness right. of yourself. Like, like you're putting your sins on like a scapegoat. Right. It's you're like, like, well, like, like even in therapy, here's an example, guys. Like when I've been through therapy and I've had some like tragic moments and stuff and nobody's above therapy. Okay. Just fuck off. If you think that <laughs> like everybody does fucking should do therapy. Yeah. Like even well-adjusted people should do therapy because if you think you're well-adjusted, there's probably some dirt under the rug anyway. So like in therapy, they'll tell you sometimes, when you have this like really tragedy, like real tragic moment that you have in your life that happens to you and you have no closure, sometimes that closure is needed and you need to figure out some way to synthetically create that closure by writing your thoughts down on a piece of paper that you write as a letter to this person or thing that happened. Like if someone that you love that that you had a bad relationship with died and you weren't able to tell him how you feel, you write him a letter and then you burn it psychologically that is like how you fix and move on and change and then like this movie in that regard is almost like that writing a letter to me do you know what i mean and like kind of letting letting that go because you will subconsciously sometimes hold that to yourself and your fault and although in this movie it's also like pointing the finger at things that it caused you disaster and then burning them alive it's like the physical embodiment of that whole situation which is much darker and much more Ari Aster uh, a way of of like dealing with your problems but i think you know it's all about that 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 space it's like darkening the space of learning how to love yourself and there's good ways, there's bad ways, but in this movie, it's the wrong way, which is like burning people alive. Okay. But like, it's still kind of an interesting way to paint that sort of moment into a story about folklore, legends, runes, Sweden, you know, all these different fucking traditions and stuff in Midsommar. Uh, I don't know. Do you think that that kind of makes sense? Like, oh, yeah, that, that definitely. Yeah, it's resonating with me now that I think about it. This is why I wanted to take the time to have several days in between the movies so that I could let it really think. And that I wrote before I even started your research, started research because yeah. I wanted it to be untainted. Uh, tainted, yeah, like like from that. But then I, you know, it's hard not to do research. I started doing research a little bit after that, but I don't know. There's something about that burning of the letter of all your sins and everything that how that person hurt you and how you didn't mean this and like putting it all in a house and burning it the fuck alive (laughs) (laughs) that like makes sense to me in some weird fucked up way. Yeah. So, um, I think Ari Aster is definitely a person who is interested in the dynamics of relationships anyway. And, and we have that we have with other people as well as a specifically about family, obviously. Oh, yeah. yeah. That resonates pretty big between those two movies that he's already come out with. And then he, of course, perverts the shit out of them 
to oh, like yeah. really make a fine point about it, mm-hmm. you know, by taking people's heads off or fucking smashing them with a hammer <laughs> or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, I don't know. He likes to explore those, like the darker side of those bonds. And I think, you know, if you've ever seen the movie, the strange thing about the Johnsons, holy shit, that movie will stay with you. And I'm so, that is such a great short. That is literally one of the best shorts I've ever seen. You should watch it. Like, it is yeah, I haven't that seen good. It yet, but I, I tried to it. get you to watch it, but I didn't want to pressure you because I, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to put too much on your plate or whatever, but I've watched it. I watched it after watching Hereditary because I was like, okay, I got to see this. So do you know what Midsummer is all about? Do you have any kind of idea, like, what that, what Midsummer is? You're talking about in the, the movie or no, just, just, just Midsummer, what Midsummer is. No. Like the traditions, like the lore. None whatsoever. Okay, so maybe it's best I find it, kind of explain that, and maybe it'll open up some thoughts for you. Okay. Um, midsummer is the period of time centered upon the summer solstice, which is a pagan sort of thing. Ritual. No. I, well, I mean, it is kind of, it's a ritual, but it was also changed because, like, in history, Christianity is did not like paganism. Okay. And so they tried to change it in a lot of different ways. They tried to, uh, be an arbiter of truth, um, to speak to the pagans and try to get them over to their side of the Christian faith. And the way they did that is they adopted some of their traditions to bring those people over to steer them from the dark, <laughs> which is weird because like Halloween, stuff like that, that's all traditions of pagan, like to go back. That wasn't even what, I don't even think it was on that like Halloween. I think I remember it wasn't even on the 30th of uh, October. I think it was like earlier on. And then it got switched oh, really? through this weird change. They're trying to adopt that kind of hmm. thing, but I, I don't remember the exact uh, stuff on it. But anyway, uh, it's it's a lot of northern European celebrations that uh, accompany the solstice or take place on a day between June nineteenth and June twenty fifth. Some in May. Um, it's 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 different. It's changed and morphed a lot. So there are, and and it's really hard to tell with this movie, like what parts he was grabbing, because he kind of grabbed from old and new and did his own thing too. So. Um, the exact dates do vary between different cultures, so you're going to find different shit. Uh, but it definitely does predate Christianity, and it existed uh, in different names and traditions around the world. So, long before it was called Midsummer. But it is believed that the summer solstice has been celebrated by human beings as early as the Stone Age. So Midsummer originated as such a uh, solstice festival as with other pre-Christian holy dates. The Christian church found it easier to adapt them into Christian holidays than stamp them out, like I was mentioning. So uh, St. John's Day uh, is the feast day of St. John the Baptist was established by the undivided Christian church in the 4th century AD in honor of the birth of the St. John the Baptist, which the Gospel of Luke records as being six months before Jesus. Hmm. So this is a very important thing that they were trying to embrace and try to like blur the lines a little bit. And as uh, Western Christian churches marked the birth of Jesus on December 25th, Christmas, the feast feast of St. John, St. John's Day, essentially, was established at midsummer, exactly six months before the former feast. Right. They even mentioned John the Baptist in the film, sort of, by the way. So there's some parts in it that I found, like Ingmar, Ingmar, 
who is Pell's brother. Remember the one in the beginning when they're all shrooming and shit? Right. He's like, oh, these are the friends that I brought. And, right. Yeah. He brought the British people, like the the Simon and Adele or whatever her name was. I can't remember. But Angamar says he wishes them a happy St. John's Day, apparently in Swedish. Hmm. But you don't. they didn't have subtitles for it. So this is stuff I found on different videos and stuff okay. that confirm it. All right. Um, Pell also tells Danny that the festival lasts about nine days. Nine's a big number in this movie, by the way. Nine days that the festival lasts, and it occurs every 90 years. In fact, there was some... Uh, do you know what's that, what's that festival that they have out here in the West? The one that's in California by all the windmills and stuff? Oh, oh okay. Um, damn, dude. They did an advertisement for the summer solstice every 90 years, this festival that these people attended. Isn't it Burning Man? Yeah. No, it's not Burning Man. It's uh, Coachella. Okay. They did it like a Coachella flyer to this festival. And they and they, and it shows like every 90 years at the top. Something I just thought I'd point out. Um, uh, in this video that I watched from um, Insider, they were saying that the in the Bible, apparently, Virgin Mary stayed with John the Baptist's mother, Elizabeth, 90 days before giving birth. So, like, it's, like, super significant there, right. too. You know what I mean? They even had St. John wort flowers all over the fucking place. Those those yellow, sort of orangish-looking flowers, those are St. John's wort. And that's what they were mashing in those fucking drinks. Because it looked like sunflower-like yeah, petals yeah. and shit in the fucking shit. Remember when they were, like, scooping it in? And that's, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of weird. Uh, Insider on YouTube even went as far as to say... Uh, and this is true, by the way, that this actually happened, that they, they even said that Josh, their buddy, the one that like the, the black guy who was like really intelligent, like wanted to make his whole fucking thesis, thesis about this. Right. There was a part in the movie where he lays in bed and they focus the camera on his feet wearing the sneakers and him putting the covers over it. Yeah, I thought there was something weird about or that. Or he pulls, well, he has the covers over it and then he pulls them up. So just the feet are showing. Yeah. Okay, so get this. And it was a purple blanket, I purple-ish, right? Yeah. So me and Christina literally just watched something on Hulu or Netflix or something like that about fucking uh, some cults and shit like we were talking about out there earlier. And he goes to bed with his shoes on. He pulls the purple blanket over his feet right before he dies, too. I think it's the next day where he sneaks out or it's that night that he sneaks out and then gets killed. Mm. So that that simple thing of him pulling the blanket over his feet to sh- expose his sneakers is a nod to the uh, Nike shoes that people wore. They there was these uh, this cult where they were all found dead at Heaven's Gate. Oh yeah. When yeah, they were yeah. all found dead, they had a purple sheet over them with their fucking shoes hanging out at the end. They were all wearing their sneakers, their Nikes, and the purple sheet was put over top of them. When they died, because they drank the, you know, poisonous mix. The Kool-Aid. Yeah, the literal Kool-Aid, yeah. But they were all found dead in that in that position, but with Nike shoes on. I think these were New Balance, but I don't know. It just yeah. had a big N. So it could be Nautica, New Balance, Nike. I don't know. What it's, it's all brands, whatever. Right, but I think that was a nod. That's what they were saying. And I actually kind of agree with Insider on that one. And did you notice the Maypole? Do you know what the Maypole is? That's the one where you kind of like dance around, right? The With maypole. the strings and the stuff. Strings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did it differently in this movie, though. I've actually done the maypole. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, I had friends up north who were really into that kind of stuff. That's like a, it's a pagan ritual then, right? Technically, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a solstice. 
like whether you're pagan or not, you will celebrate that solstice anyway. It's just some fun thing. But I had never experienced anybody on the East Coast celebrating it. But when I came out here and I was living like Cave Creek and shit, I had friends who actually had a maypole sticking up out of the ground. They had a designated spot in the ground that they would stick the pole into Hmm. and then have these like ribbons that go down, like really big ribbons that you would like jump underneath each other, go over top of each other, go over east, under, over, under, over, under every person that you passed. And it would braid it all the way around the pole and you would get down to the bottom. In this movie, they just dance until the last person falls down. And then that person becomes the May queen, the Maypole queen. (laughs) So you, you basically with that, that's a symbol of midsummer festival in general, that, that pole. Yeah. It's been in a lot of different movies. It's been in a lot of different everything. It's nothing like scary pagan whatever that people might make turn it into because of this movie. Um, but ba- typically, maypoles are erected around May Day, hence the name. And it takes longer for spring to come in Sweden, so they wait until Midsummer Festival. Um, that's why it takes a little bit later, and it's different in different traditions because of the summer cycle. Okay. So, yeah. They sort of all kind of explain the whole movie in, in different ages, too, by the way. Did you notice that when they were talking about, like, well, we stay here between the ages of, like, 1 and 32. Right. Do you remember that? Yeah. And then they, like, have all these pictures inside of that place yeah, that were, like, yeah. really detailed and it was, like, really ornate. Like, Oh, dude, the, the scenery was beautiful. Yeah, like, that, like, that somebody actually had to do that for this movie. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And that really plays into the authenticity of this of this kind of experience sure. yeah. yeah like whether you like the film or not you still have to appreciate that yeah um but they kind of uh kind of gloss over like the different ages and like you know for spring it's this age to this age and for summer it's this age to this age and for fall it's this age to this age and then winter is this age to this age and she I was like it was like the 70 it was 76 70, was it 72 actually i believe maybe 70 she said what happens at 72 or 76 i can't remember yeah, and he kind of he straight up just tells her. And yeah, I think he just did it in such a playful way that she was like, oh, yeah. So she wouldn't be scared off. Right. Right. Um, well, they explain some of that. So the early age, the 1 through 16 age, is considered the spring solstice, while the summer solstice is 17 to 32 years of age. Okay, now follow me here. Danny was celebrating her birthday. Now, she's been in college for a while. I don't know what grade she was in, but I believe they talk about... She was 21 or 22? Right. Wasn't it? I believe so, yeah. She was definitely in her 20s. Because Christian was older than her, I believe. Yeah. Because he was doing his thesis, she wasn't. No, she was... Yeah. She hadn't finished that far yet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like there's... Like, he's older, she's younger. But anyway, so she's about 21, 22. I can't remember. I don't know exactly, guys. But some people said 21. Some said 22. Early 20s. Right. So, like, 21, 22 is actually, like, literally right in the middle of summer solstice. Mid-summer. Mid-somar. Yeah. So, it's kind of weird, kind of coincidental. Yeah. (laughs) That she's, her very first day to celebrate there that day was her birthday. birthday, When Like, so they show up that a day before, but the festival doesn't start to the next day. Remember? Mm Mm-hmm. Because they show up a day, a couple days before. To trip out. Um, but anyway, to give you an idea a little bit on Ari Aster and why he wrote this movie. So apparently he wrote this during a depression spell of a breakup. Really? Yeah. And he had, you know, he wanted to, 
you know, tell this story, I guess, and it kind of like resonated with him at that time. And, you know, the story of Danny and Christian is obviously Ari's way of dealing with it. It's some fucked up way. You know what I mean? It's probably reversed. I think he was trying to say he was the Danny character. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, wouldn't you write it from her perspective? Because you're the one going through the depression and you, your experience is a little bit more personal than writing from Christian's. Mm. You know, obviously, he spins it into this weird Swedish nightmare, <laughs> pagan nightmare, folky tale or whatever, which I, I totally can relate to in some sense. But most and most people should be able to, I think, in this movie. Yeah. But they may not be thinking that while they're watching it, because it seems like, oh, fair girl goes to a fucking cult and they just do some crazy shit. And it's a movie. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. and literally, that's how I kind of felt when I went into it. But I, I definitely knew that they were talking about her changing with mm. the seasons. So, you know, I kind of knew that it was in that space, I guess. But I don't know. If you've ever experienced latching on to people who aren't ex- exactly the greatest for you to be around at that time, but will accept you nonetheless, Christian is a good example of that. I don't think he's inherently a bad guy, even though they fucking murder him in this movie. And we talked about that a little bit. Like, why would they kill him? I feel kind of like he's a douchebag, guys. We know it. And and he's made to be a douchebag in the movie. So you should automatically feel that way. But in the in the reality seek, like in the reality sense, is he really? Yeah. Because how many people can fucking deal with somebody fucking whose parents got fucking murdered by their sister and who also taped a fucking hose to their mouth? Dude. Like, can I we talk about that? Go, yeah, I did not know it was going to go that far. What the fuck? Like, that was like, I mean, it was dark. They follow the hose all the way up the stairs. It's this long gone out thing. They even showed the family in the very beginning of the movie. You remember when they were sleeping? Yeah. 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 Uh, some people are saying that there was like flowers by the bed. I don't, I don't remember seeing any flowers. Maybe their bedspread had flowers. No, it's hard for me to remember now. Like on the nightstand, they were saying. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. But I just thought it was really weird that like her sister put all that tape over her face. Yeah. To try to keep it from like, like, wouldn't you just tape it to your door and go to sleep, too? I well, mean- yeah, but think about this. She had to put all the hoses in both of the cars, tape it, uh, drag all the hoses up to the fucking the room, mm-hmm. then go into the, you know, tape the bottom of the, the, the door yeah. with duct tape and put the hose under there so that they would die. She probably killed them first, I would assume. I don't know. And then she had to turn on the cars to make it all happen at once while putting the tape over her face and then walk up the stairs and then sit on the floor and die. Yeah. Do you see all the puke all over her neck and shit? Yeah, 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 dude. Oh, my God. But, like, how would any normal human being be able to fucking handle that kind of tragedy for their significant other? All you could do is just be there for them. It's not like you could relate to it. I know. I always feel like a like a like an observer sometimes when people are going through tragedy. And it's not because I don't care. I just want to be there for them. But I don't know how to relate to them in that situation. So I'm the same way. It's almost like I would feel bad trying to comfort them right you know what i mean like you don't want to be like pushy or you don't want to be like like it's such a fragile moment yeah like all you just want to do is just hug them exactly and that's the most that you can do don't try to relate to it because there's right. no possible way that you'll ever relate to it no you couldn't no <laughs> especially that kind of fucking right tragedy <laughs> uh yeah uh anyway i don't know but you know i just think that I think that their relationship is the most important part in this movie. I think that's what, and a lot of other people also feel that way. Um, she kind of latches on to him knowing he's not into it because of her own insecurities. 
Yeah. Because she feels alone. Mm-hmm. She just lost her whole family. And his own insecurities of not being able to empathically help her the best way possible. Because or he's even already, relate or even convey the way that he actually feels. He'd never experienced that tragedy. Right. So he couldn't. Well, I'm just saying about the, their relationship. That's what I'm, I'm just, I'm reiterating what you're saying. Right. It's, he it, it just, I don't know, just couldn't get past that threshold. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting, though, like... They really pay. He really pays the price. You know what I mean? Like, and it's all because she he fucked that girl. And that was the other thing that really fucking tripped me out. Like, I don't want to get into the sex part just yet, but he's fucked up on drugs and shit. And they've kind of manipulated him. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, did he really just do it out of, like, pure, like, whatever? I think he did it just to get some kind of sense of normalness. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's what what I was thinking. Yeah. Just be like, I know this. This is comfortable. Like, I just need to go along with it because I don't know what the fuck is happening. Got right. it. Anyway, did you? Th- what did you think of uh, Danny's little fit when he was like holding her and, and she was like crying? Did you? It kind of reminded me of Hereditary when like Tony Collette's character was like freaking out, like no, 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 no. I remember we had different views on that. So, like, I actually thought that was great. And Tony remember- Collette's part. part? Yeah, where they did the seance, right? Right. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, when Tony Collette finds out the thing that we don't talk about because we don't want to spoil it for everybody who hasn't seen it. Yeah. If okay. you haven't seen Hereditary yet, you probably shouldn't be even listening to this fucking thing anyway. But yeah, when, when the daughter, his head is missing and she's like panicking and uh, Gabriel Burns like holding her on the floor in the bedroom and she's like, no, no. Oh, just, that part. I oh just want to die. Like I was dude. like, oh, dude, I got chills again just from talking about it again. That was so real. It was like one so of the So what did you think scenes. I'm saying? What did you think about Danny's performance or the, the actor's performance? When, uh, when she found out her parents had passed. Yeah. Uh, did you believe it or were you I, into I be- it? Or? I believed it, but was it as good as Hereditary's? No. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> I think Tony, Tony did it best. Yeah. It, it felt a little too familiar for me to really get into the character, I think. And it was like, I mean, obviously people are going to be tragic, you know, like it's almost like a Lynch movie where they everybody cries like crazy in fucking Twin Peaks. Like everybody cries in Twin Peaks, like hysterically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I don't know. I was kind of separated, but I just thought I'd ask. Uh, I, I thought it was good, but like I said, it didn't resonate with me as much as Hereditary did. Believable or whatever. As, as believable. Yeah, we go. Maybe not resonate you, well, with the wrong word. But. Also, you didn't really, it's, it's, it's not that it wasn't necessarily believable. It might have been that we didn't really get enough introduction into her character and to feel anything for her yet to be able to experience her pain. Right. Do you know what I mean? Whereas Tony Collette, you see her struggling and trying to keep her family together yeah. before that happens. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, like the, oh, yeah. this really fucked up family that you know some, something's wrong. But yeah, we didn't really get an introduction. Yeah, you could tell that the family was kind of broken from the beginning. Right, like you didn't experience the pain of what she went through with her sister and stuff. They just kind of like went over it really quick. Yeah, it's like supposition to get into like the main story. Exactly. Um, I don't know if supposition is the right word, but whatever. Um, what did you think about the old the the whole scene where the old people? Who were like 72 or 76. I thought it was 76. Am I wrong, guys? Do you guys remember? I swear to God, it was 72. Let's say, who's the winner, guys? Pick it for us. But oh, that scene where they sacrifice themselves for new life. Right. Oh, my God, dude. Like, that. Like I had a little pre-cum. The gore in that scene <laughs> was fucking phenomenal. The swan diving cantaloupe popping head. Oh, dude. <laughs> 
Jesus Christ, man. The bip! <laughs> and you see the muscle tissue and the fuck. It's, 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 ugh, it's money. What up with the guy, the, the guy jumping? He just jumped on his legs? Like, what were you thinking? I would have swan dive head first into that shit. Maybe it's part of the tradition or something. And then the fam, like, the ha- like, like, I thought the people who, finished him off had it been part of his lineage lineage i definitely got that same thought i would right. yeah like this is their family they get to finish him off everybody gets one whack yeah it's like a pinata it's like a <laughs> like who wants the candy pop grandpa's head <laughs> oh, they do it with the first swing and then they go afterwards for no reason just yeah, like smashing all the candy a, everybody gets a hit yeah like why would you smash all that candy inside of that, that <laughs> juicy cantaloupe there was face no candy left after the second <laughs> swing i'll say that the candy's gone <laughs> um yeah but that whole scene in particular the whole thing leading up to it was really long um i mean it's a cool scene i'm not saying it isn't but it, those of you that didn't see that coming i'll be a little surprised like we all been waiting for so long for something to happen because we knew this was an Ari Aster film. We knew it was dark. We knew it was intentionally supposed to be kind of like horrific and fucked up, especially if you've seen Hereditary. But even still, although that one lady who walked out when she saw that happen. <laughs> yep. Definitely not sound of music, too. I'm out. <laughs> oh, man, you got me snorting. <laughs> Yeah, well, this is not the movie I thought it was. Like, what oh, the fuck shit. are you thinking? Right. <laughs> like, you came to the wrong movie. <laughs> yeah. That goddamn scene, though, before, like, when they jumped off and popped their heads like that, that was some shit right there, dude. dude I, like, I was I, like, Cole, like, oh, I hope they start murdering everybody. That was like the money shots right there. Right. But did it feel a little weird that how some of the people reacted? Like, not the people, but the, the visitors. Like, they seemed visibly upset, but then when they go back to their little yeah, younger, you know, house for the younger people, they're just like, eh. became desensitized. Like, yeah. Except for fucking Danny. Danny and the, you know, but everybody's like, oh, it's just culture shock, you know, like different cultures. Mm, right. No big deal. It seemed like Christian. It, it just seemed uh, very selfish about the whole situation, about what, everything that was going on. You know what it is? I also kind of think, and I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm just spitballing here but i'm thinking about it what if the fact of 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 christian and josh and how they're trying to exploit oh yeah you know what i mean they're Mm -hmm. exploiting other people's suffering to make themselves benefit from it what is that like today in today's age dude it's everything in today's age on social media yeah oh yeah dude people exploit other people's fucking pain to benefit themselves. And maybe that's what he was trying to project. I think, and, and, and maybe that is what it is. Right. And maybe because, you know, like people are, I don't want to say the word vir- virtue signaling, but in a way, not, you know, trying to seem like the better person while not actually giving a fuck. Exactly. I'm just trying to get those clicks, homie. Right. You know what I mean? Like, get that thesis, brah. <laughs> get that shit. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense, right? It fits. No, it, it does. But yeah, the, the, they did you see the part where they cut their hands and they put it on the rune symbols and yeah, shit like that? Yeah, yeah. Runes are a big part of this movie, guys, and I'll try to like get into that a little bit. I had a long discussion with Try Hard Heroes, who's one of the uh, video game buddies that I hang out with. I've really bonded with here over the the past uh, however many weeks or whatever. Like we've really bonded, and uh, he really knows a lot about this shit. I was telling him about. It. I was doing research while I was talking to him today, and he was like, "I can help you with that." I was like, "Really?" And I just wow. kind of like blew it off, and then I was like. Wait, maybe I do need your help. A tip 
to the cap to you. Yeah, dude, that ain't no normal fucking like right. reading and shit. But he's he's a Scandinavian, so it's like his bread and butter. He loves that shit. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they 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 had those symbols on the um this big rock. It was a flat rock. It was like a cross of symbols. So there was like R R. There was a uh, a peace sign kind of above it. It's not a peace sign, no. but it looks like a rake with three fucking branches that go down um and like below that i think there was like this one that looked like a c and then there's one to the right and and i tried to spell it out because for those of you that don't know runes very well um the runes symbolize many different things not just letters but meanings and like intent and like so their language is like very different back in these days and like how they use these runes. It was very, 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 very different. Well, in some languages, it, it all depends on how you pronounce certain well, things, too. And what eras they were, too. There's yeah. different centuries that they use different meanings for different symbols. There's like the um, the elder Futhark, the younger Futhark, which is more early, like closer to today. Elder is like the oldest, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Stuff like that. But right before they jump off, there is this like that large stone I was talking about. That peace symbol, which is actually an inverted symbol of the peace symbol. And there's other ones on there, but that that one in particular, each of them mean like something different from, like I mentioned, the elder uh, Futhark and the younger Futhark, which some of the meanings changed over the years, like I was also talking about. So it's a bit up in the air as to which ones Ari Aster is pulling from. And they kind of mentioned that in the film, too. Did they? About the ruins changing from generation to generation. Well, yeah, they always have. And I, so I guess they were like grabbing both old and young in this portrayal of this kind of pagan witchcraft or whatever the fuck they're doing there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, cause like I, I was talking about that to try hard and we were talking about it and he said that there was, there is, he thinks that he mishmashed them to make a newer kind of runes and stuff like that. Um, but working from top to bottom, you had that upside or the the, the peace symbol sort of like downwards rake. Um, in the younger Futhark, which is like 8th to 12th centuries translations, it stands for U-Tree Endurance. And the inverted version of that is man and humankind with the ability and morality. Hmm. So it's like almost like it's morally uh, you're like... You're doing the right thing. I don't know what they're trying to say there. There was also the letters R. There's like capital R, lowercase R. Like each of them means something different too. And there were inverted ones too. As well. Right. But in the elder Futhark, the peace symbol is not on the chart. So the like the three prongs down and the one up mm-hmm. is not on the chart. But the fact that the stone is encircled like the whole cross and like the, the X's and the gaps and stuff like that are in there. The X's mean nothing, but she swipes, they swipe their blood down both sides over the different symbols and stuff. I tried looking that up to see if it meant anything, but, and I'm sure it does, but like, I don't know. Tryhard was saying that the, the fact that the stone is encircled could mean that it isn't just Futhark, but what they call Galdabrock. And what's uh, that? And that's the best way I can say it. Galdabrock. Galdrabach. And that is... It's essentially witchcraft or magic. Huh, okay. He also said, if you look at the different iterations of the cru- the Rose of Crucifix, 
um, you it, it, you can see some similarities there, and that those little whips that are at the end on the right hand side are intentional. That they're not just fuck ups, like little things to look over. Like they symbolize those certain things. So I don't know. He thinks that that basically that Ari Aster was just trying to make his own thing because you know there's no. I don't think that there is any kind of real religion that people just suicided and did shit like that. Like that, you know what I mean? Well, as far as like committing suicide, I remember uh, Norse. Like I remember, their their elder would sacrifice themselves to uh, Odin. I believe I, I I'm. Just I mean, that's probably oh that that's true. But I don't think for like it's not like if you hit seventy six or seventy two, you're just like popping yourself off. Right, I it's think not it's a tradition. Ca- right, I think it's to a point where you think you're too old that you. Right, you don't want to be a burden anymore. Right, maybe, but he and, wanted to turn it into something darker, maybe. And the, other than that, the only other lore that kind of like, like, oh, I remember hearing about that was the feeding the love spell. They were talking about how you would clip your pubic hair and yeah, they would. And do, the girls would blood. do that to try right. to like sort of get them to like a person. Yeah, yeah, I read that. I read that. Did yeah. you? Yeah, Did I didn't you? read that, but I remember hearing it through other people. Yeah. But I can't remember what people said that I've I've when. read. I read that they said there was a lot of different things that girls would do to try to like somehow figure out a way to make a guy like them. Mm. And one of them was pubic hair. So that is a real thing. If you actually look in the movie, they show different parts of that in like on the tapestries. Oh, yeah. In the buildings. About that, that one of the first. Tapestries right. You see the scissors in the vagina. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of know it's coming. Well, here's one thing. Did you notice? The scene where they were putting the baby down to sleep, and she had put scissors underneath the... Under the thing? Pillow, yeah. I don't know what that's about. They, they didn't touch base on that again. It's an us throwback. You think? No, no, no. <laughs> it, it, Ari Aster saying, yeah, fucking uh, <laughs> Jordan Peele's the shit. <laughs> put this under your baby's pillow. No, no, I'm just kidding. But Jordan Peele is the shit. No, Jordan Peele loves this movie, too. Oh, does he? He really loved it. He thought uh, he re- he said some big things. But back on the symbols, I don't want to get off this because there's a little bit more I got here. There's a fish symbol in the in this movie a lot. It's upside down. Okay, but it's a fish symbol. So imagine a fish as a as a symbol of like a box, like a almost like a tr- like a diamond. All right. So you got two like the points on the top and then the points at the bottom. So that's the body and the head. And then you got these, like a V on top, and that's the fucking the tail, the tail, right? Like even the when they were sitting down to eat. Now that you say that, right. that's the way it was shaped. Exactly. Now it's called an odal. Mm-hmm. The way they had it in the movie was always inverted. So normally the fish head is at the top, so the top pointy part, the body's in the middle, and the tail's pointing downwards, like in a downward V, like an upside down V. Mm-hmm. That's how I wouldn't call it an odal. Um, and Tryhard was telling me this. He said, uh, the right way up of the fish head at the top is a spiritual heritage, like land ownership, also physical journeys that you're going to experience. If you notice in the beginning of the movie, when they walk through that round hole where everybody's playing the flutes and weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have it upside down. So the fish is down in the hole in the ground. The hole is through the body of the fish and the tail is poking up like a regular V. Mm. So the reverse of that inverted would mean change, letting go of your personal belongings, letting go of your ownership of yourself. And that makes a lot of sense of the the way that the 
the dinner table was set up that way. Right. Because they're, they're, this is like a change. This is all about letting go of certain things and moving forward into the spring, into the, you know, into the fall and like, you know what I mean? Like the natural, natural progression of things. So he does that in the movie a lot. Like there is a lot of times in the movie where they use that symbol in the table for sure. That is definitely one. Um, also each of the people in the movie wear like specific people, like some of the main people in the movie who are wearing these frocks, these white kind of dressy things that they wear. A lot of them had fucking rune symbols on them. And some are just like plastered on like tapestries in the movie, like on sheets and shit like that. You see them all over the place. Like, like I mentioned before, you see like most of the movie is told through those sheets and all the diagrams on the walls. Yeah. But but the fact that people are wearing rune symbols on their chest, like right under their head, is significant, too. And one of them that I recognize, which the friend Pell, who brought them all out to this festival, he's wearing one that looks like kind of like a double P. So you got the one line down and then you got these two whips that go up. So like down and you got like, like, say you're completing a P by going back to the one line. Yeah. There's another one inside, but you take off the top part of those P's connecting and it just looks like two hooks that go up. Hmm. That symbol means wealth or maybe even knowledge. So he is the arbiter of knowledge. Do you know what I mean? For Danny to make this trend transcending whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know we're getting deep here, guys, and I hope you're following along because I really did a lot of research on this shit. Um, But I I thought that was kind of significant. Um, well, now that you're, you're, you're explaining this, it, it definitely is. Yeah, like, there is way more thought into this movie than I thought there was. Yeah, that I even gave it credit for. Well, and, and that's why I think, you know, like, like I appreciate that he puts it in there. But, you know, it's kind of like having fandom before fandom is there. Yeah. Like, having those fan pieces for those people. But again, I think it's like a personal film. It's not supposed to resonate with everybody. He's making art. He's trying to go from what he knows by also grabbing onto some stuff. And this is definitely an art film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't say it's like overbearing. You couldn't watch it if you don't like art films. No, no. But I definitely think you're right. Did you know that this movie is also an inspiration? Part of the inspiration for this movie was based on the movie from 1981. It's a comedy by director Albert Brooks called Modern Romance, which Ari Aster called his favorite breakup movie ever. You know, I don't even think I saw that. Yeah. So that also ties into the whole Danny Christian thing where I was feeling like, well, that's the main story here is about her transition and her letting go and letting and fucking saying fuck you to people. You know, you don't burn people alive when you want to get rid of them. You just let them go. But this is like some sort of physical fucked up embodiment of that. But like this, apparently this movie was like the main. And that kind of resonated towards, I mean, I don't know know if i should say this yet or not but like at the end where he is burning with the rest of the sacrifices that she kind of mourns but then lets go and like cracks a smile right she wants one and it finally goes up yeah she smiles yeah when she's finally letting go like i was saying about writing that letter to people and letting go of people yeah that's a fucking thing that they do in therapy you know maybe it's best you write a letter and just let it go instead of trying to talk to them you know, and trying to like, but you had to find that fucker that fucked you over and let him on fire. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, that pl- motherfucker up. Yeah, kids, please don't light people on fire. Don't, okay, don't listen to Shogi. Here. <laughs> 
But so many things in this movie are so cryptic. And if you didn't know this shit, you would never be able to find it. And that's why probably a lot of people are going to feel like it is a pretty straightforward movie. And even if it's not, if, if it's not a straightforward movie, it is kind of expecting a lot of people to kind of do their research in order to make it a good movie. Yeah. So I can understand why some people would just be like, well, fuck that. But mm. I knew that there was more. There had to be. Oh, yeah. So it, it, I kind of appreciate it more for that sense. But I have to go with my gut feeling. I have to go with what interests me. While all of this stuff is fascinating, uh, it may resonate with somebody a little bit more. Regardless, this movie's not forgettable. You could for, you could watch it and remember some of the stuff in it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Um, do you remember that scene where Christian goes to the smaller shack and then speaks with like this old elder woman or whatever? He thinks he's like in trouble for like uh, some of the kids that got killed off. Do you remember that? Like some of them get killed off. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's like fixating on the drawings on the wall and more specifically the 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 picture of the the bear that's burning. Right. That was a pre uh, a shadow foreshadow. Uh-huh. I'm glad you caught that. Yeah, that was one of the things I thought about, too, because uh, he was really super focused on that. Oh, yeah. And then he goes in and she's like, he's like, look, I didn't know about the book. I don't know where Josh is. And she's like, what do you think about Maya? <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I thought you were mad at me about the book and shit. And he's only worried about it because he wants to get this thesis done and he doesn't want them to be offended by it. So I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, Christian, of course, after that goes to sit down while, uh, Danny's doing the Maypole thing and that's, she finally wins it or whatever. And he's sitting there and he drinks more of that tea, which he's like, Oh, I don't know if I should drink it. I might have a bad trip. And she's like, Oh, you won't. Yeah, you do. And then he does. But she becomes May Queen during this whole time, which I love the part where he's like sitting at the table and they're like eating, celebrating her being the May Queen. And that dude just, he's like, dude, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of freaking out. And he's like, just claps his hands and you see this wave on the screen where everything goes and I'm like that seems kind of familiar some thin experiences Dude, I was thinking the same yeah. thing the, the, all the trip scenes in this film are like on point yeah it really gives it a new life and I was like uh I mean it's not like as artistic as something like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas yeah but, but that was almost romanticized yeah it's like Fear way over the top that's yeah. like, like surreal shit mm-hmm um, but yeah, but your mind goes some dark places, and I just love him and his acting in that moment. Oh, he, he sold it. What did he did he say? Like, why did you do that? <laughs> yeah, he did. Why the fuck did you do that? I mean, uh, he's like, what the fuck, bro? And the guy looks at him like dead serious, like, stop it. And then they put the rose petals on the ground and lead him out when she leaves to go to her May Queen stuff. Yeah. And then he's like, that's the fucking sex scene. Right? Like, how about that sex scene? Okay, but before that, when they're at the dinner table, was that dude cut up on the table? Was, I kept thinking that. Like, it, it brought me back to, what was that movie? Like, they were eating people or something? Uh, fuck, what was that movie, dude? Uh, about the girl that keeps her dead boyfriend in the fucking freezer. I don't Necromantic. know. Necromantic. Oh, you mean, you, that's where, part two. No, it's the first one, where she has her friends over, and they're watching some fucked up PBS special about fucking clubbing seals, and she has her fucking dead husband, or dead boyfriend. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen it, but I've seen both of them, yeah. And everybody's just fucking chilling, eating fucking dip and shit around this head, and no one even... That's gotta be part two, I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong, because the first movie is about a guy and a girl who fall in love, and then she steals the body from them. Like, they go and dig up a body. It's, like, rotting, and, like, and they keep it on the bed. And then, like, she leaves him. It, I could be I could be blurring the, the, the second two. one was a girl 
And it's like, you know, right. like her life and like it goes. I watched them like directly after each other. So oh, I wow. could be like blurring them together. I haven't seen those in a while and I've been wanting to do them too. But yeah, I can totally see what you're saying though. Yeah, like that. I felt like there was a body on the table too. Like yeah. the whole fucking time. I was like, is that a head? And like, like I can't tell. Like what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. because you don't really tell you what happened to everybody. You just see that and one they don't guy. don't fixate it on it too much. No. Then they have like, um, well, they all, that Josh kid, remember I was talking about his sneakers and he goes out and you said the Texas Chainsaw thing. Yeah. He goes out to take pictures of the book, which they tell him specifically not to. And then he does the picture and he sees that Mark guy come in. And he's like, oh, Mark, what the fuck are you doing here? But it's really that like the inbred guy wearing the fucking Mark mask. Not only the mask, his dick, dude. Yeah, he was like his dick was just hanging out. Well, that's because he like fucking pissed on the the tree. Right. That was like fucking weird. I was like, oh, God, why would you piss on the tree, dude? Yeah, like, dude, like seriously. <laughs> I got of all the places you that you're pissed. Doing. Yeah, oh. like that guy is so not aware of things. Like, yeah, uh, there's some there's some funny stuff in there too. Like, uh, they Out of all ha- people who deserve to die, right? Did you know that in the before that happens, where he goes to go piss and all this other stuff, or maybe it was right after they're all sitting there and you see these people like breaking up a horse, like a wooden horse. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. And right before that. He goes, he goes, well, what are they doing? Mark says, he's like, what are they doing? And he's like, oh, they're just playing skin the fool. Ah. Ah. See, I didn't when they cut his face that. off because they killed the Josh guy banging his head really hard. And the, the fucking inbred guy, I forget his name's Ruben. But did the funny part about when they banged that guy, he was making sounds just like a fucking cow. I don't know if it was him. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, anyways. He was shaking and shit. I don't remember that, though. But yeah, like, Ruben hits him on the head. He's wearing the fucking Mark mask. And they use that mask on one of the dummies that they burn up in the building, by the way, that is fucking Mark, and he's got a jester hat on. Yeah. So he's the fool. Mm-hmm. So they're burning the fool. The the Christian's the bear. They do the bear. And then Josh is the intellectual. So they're like doing like some weird. I don't know what they were trying to do or say with that. Was it eight people that had to burn in there? Nine. Nine. So the nine again. Mm-hmm. Nine days for the celebration. Nine people in the fucking thing. Ninety days before Christ was born. Ninety fucking days. Ninety years before uh, every year they do the celebration. Nine, 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 nine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but how about that sex scene though? Like I started to laugh. Look, yeah, me too. I, I and like a couple people in the theater did as well. I, I heard people do in my theater. <laughs> I mean, it it's was hard, hard not to. It was really fucking like. First of all, it's a little awkward because you got this like the girl who's just like spread legged on the ground, which I was like, oh, are they gonna show show it? Like, yeah. I was like, are they really gonna show this right now? Because I felt a little weird because she felt young mm-hmm. as it was. You know what I mean? Like. And you're giving your daughter away. I'm like, uh, this doesn't feel right. I don't know if I feel like Ari's cool with naked people. I've noticed. And it was almost like uncomfortable. At, um, you don't watch Game of Thrones. But when the first time you see Arya have her sex scene, you like felt weird about it. <laughs> really? Like, I shouldn't be watching this. This is weird. So, <laughs> well, Christina was laughing with me and they're encircled. Her name is Maya, right? Mm-hmm. The, the red haired chick. The, I like, be- yeah, I believe so. I, I'm pretty sure anyway. But she's like surrounded by nude women familiar hereditary they did that too at the yeah. end like there's always a bunch of nude people like it's always just awkward and weird <laughs> thanks sorry 
Yeah. Uh, nothing like looking at old women's genitalia, whatever. Um, but one of the, the nude old ladies, she like, while he's having sex with Maya, Christian is, she like leans down and starts singing. She's like, whatever the fuck she's saying. And he's like, looks at her, like jerks his head. He's like, what the fuck, bitch? Dude, that look is priceless. Too, Dude, it's I like tripping up. <laughs> It's totally that look you get in your face, you're tripping balls. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> what the fuck? I'm having sex. I'm just trying to keep it together here, and you're singing and shit? What the fuck is this? Well, even better yet, remember when the older chick gets behind him and starts, like, pushing on his butt to, like, uh, go Yeah, faster? like, what the fuck was that all about? <laughs> but, like, he just is like, what the fuck, and then gets back to work. Like, he's like, all right, I guess that's what we do here. <laughs> Working on the railroad. <laughs> anyway, something to point out around this part is that everyone that is in the family who's watching them have sex start mimicking the girl while she's moaning. Mm-hmm. And that's very significant in this movie, by the way, I think. I mean, it is. I'm not going to just say I think. It is a significant moment. It feels like everybody's on this trip and they're trying to make it cohesive. Like It's, it's-, it's more about being family. It's about mm. taking other people's pain, sharing people's pleasure, and being one unit. Yeah. Um, because they all share the experience at that moment. Like, why are they in there watching anyway? Like, it's kind of weird, you know what I mean? Bunch of cucks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> get a video camera at least. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I guess Ari had one. So, because <laughs> he's the f- unspoken member of the party, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, you know, they, there's also the part where Danny is having a breakdown because she walks in on him having sex. She like peers through the keyhole. They don't show anything, but they just show, you know, like she sees it and she has this breakdown and everybody's like, you shouldn't go in there. You shouldn't look at it. That's not for us. You know, don't do it. And, and she does it anyway because, you know, she's a glutton for pain anyway. Yeah. And that's kind of like her still battling with her, her own personal pain. And stuff that she already knows is true and doesn't matter anyway. Right. She's just still holding on to Christian. Right. So, like, she sees it, and that's the point where she's just like, Aah! almost severs that. And tie. all those girls are like screaming with her and crying. And it's like, it's like, like when we have a conversation with our friends who want to try to be there for us for their pain, they're like trying to take that pain away from us. In a way, they're like, you're, you're dispersing a little bit of your pain to other people. Yeah. And so her allowing those people to scream around her is also like allowing her to like, ex- ex- Expel like, spell that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and more of that family good time fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where you just scream together, I guess, or at each other, whatever works for your family. Um, and then there was that, then there was that cool scene where Christian freaks out after the sex and he runs into the chicken shack. Oh, oh, dude! Do you remember that where Simon, the British guy, was like hanging with his lungs? Fucking were they still moving? They were dude? still breathing. He was still alive, dude. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Do you know that's an actual real torture? Is it? It's they call it closest to what is called the bloody eagle, mm. a blood eagle. Because the lungs come out like wings. Okay. Overhead. Like the most like medieval tortures that I can remember was the one where they would hang you upside down and then saw you from crotch to head. Yeah. No. And you'd I, be alive all the way through because all the blood is rushing to your head. It's like the one that I. Yeah, remember. but this one's like supposed to be like they they were. I was reading about Insider, the YouTube video that they did on some of the ending. Explain. Yeah, like Insider said that they were like. 
that this was like a slow execution. Like this is what they they would do. Blood eagle. It's called a blood eagle, mm-hmm. and they would like do that, and you would die slowly. Mm. So that's kind of fucked up, man. Way fucked. I was like, that's kind of cool, though. Like, I like the gore scenes in it. Like, that was kind of, like, fun. But you even see, like, one of the, like, friend's legs sticking up out of the garden before he runs into the chicken shack. You remember that? Yeah. I don't know. It was, like, this panic moment. Like, if you're, (laughs) like, honestly, if you're on some fucking hallucinogens and you see that shit, that's got to be some heavy shit. Oh, dude. Heavy, heavy. Especially after you just had sex with some chick you don't know, and it's, like, this weird bunch of nude women just sitting around. Like, I don't know why. Like, it just seems weird that everybody was so willing to do some of these weird things, but I don't know. Drugs are a hell of a drug. I don't know. Is that is that how it works? I don't know. They also have that moment where they describe to Christian about the inbreeding. Yeah. And how they use... They forcefully make them have sex so that they can have uh, children who are oracles. Uh, they have the one kid. Apparently, his name is Reuben. I didn't know that because they don't say it in the movie. But apparently, the kid's name is Reuben. And like he's an oracle because he's untainted by the thoughts of like normal people. Yeah. And that's why they inbreed people or the whatever. Of it all. Yeah, apparently, this is what Ari Aster said about that whole character, by the way. He said it embodies, that character embodies the political message of the film. Oh, yeah. So, Insider on YouTube said that they could, uh, that could mean that they're talking about the rise of the far right in Sweden, Hmm. which kind of makes sense because they base that off of another interview that Ari Aster had where he was talking about Sweden and said, if you consider Swedish history, it is very a very closed society. And what does that mean? There are things that happen in Sweden right now that echo things that happened in the Second World War. Hmm. So I don't know, like that's the most he said about that character or anything. So interesting. I I mean, what kind of political message do you guys think that that character would be? Because he's in it like, what, three times? Yeah. He's like painting on a cloud, painting by himself one time. Like then I think you nailed it. Yeah. Three times. It was like three times, I think. But anyway, I mean, I I didn't know he was that much of a political message in there, but I guess, you know, that makes sense. But um, so do you want to talk about like the end where they burn everything, including the people or boyfriend and how symbolic that might be? Like we talked about why they burn things to kind of like change. Yeah. To like get rid of the things in it. But to expel the sin. Right. In a lot of ways, like people just do that anyway. Like they write people off. Yeah. Because they don't know how to deal with it. But in a way, that's kind of like sweeping it under the rug. So we talked about that, but I'm not sure I'd be, you know, burning people alive or my exes. <laughs> but it makes me kind of like think about like Ari Aster and like, like what he wanted to do to his ex. <laughs> you know what I mean? There must be some real anger under that motherfucker. Yeah, right. Oh, dude. <laughs> I think, uh, the burning of everyone, including their families who were willing participants. Remember, they were like offering themselves up to make the total nine. And the ninth one would be either her boyfriend uh, or that random dude named right. fucking Torbjorn. Like, I honestly thought that uh, she would have picked the guy or the girl that her boyfriend had sex with. Right. I thought that was a little weird. Like, I mean, 
wouldn't you have some sort of connection? But then again, you don't want to like subject some random innocent person to it. But I don't know. None of this really makes sense. Like I w- again, is it really his fault? <laughs> yeah, not really. Like, isn't it also on us to take responsibility for the people we allow into our lives? Yeah, for sure. I'm not saying that, you know, he's not a fucking shitty guy. But and we're also talking about a movie that's like, you know, really going too far mm. with the, the metaphor here. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but I'm in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, like, it's not that what he did to her is an OK thing, but is it really worth dying? Yeah. Like being murdered over? Probably not. But again, it could be a metaphor and he's not really there and it's all in her head. And, <laughs> you know, this is the battle in her mind that she's going through, you know, maybe. I don't know. But I did enjoy the very, like I said, the very last scene where she's panicking. And then when it finally the roof collapsed to the temple or whatever you want to call it, you see a little crack of a smile. And it, I don't know. It felt cool. It felt like, all right, <laughs> you let go. Well, it's almost like it kind of reminds me of like how families like royalty and shit like would marry into wealth. Mm. So maybe they're just like giving up their kids or their family to marry into change. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like that sacrifice because life is all about sacrifice, you know, making those hard choices of burning people or not. (laughs) 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 Sorry. Zing. No, I'm kidding. Um I don't know. It's just it just was odd. I'm just sort of like spitballing here because it's like I've got ideas like written down here and I'm like, hmm. But the look on those guys faces, the ones that like said that they were going to do it like because they wanted to honor the change. It seemed like that one dude once he started burning was like, this was a bad idea. Were they smiling <laughs> or just really concerned because they put that weird they're like here. So you feel no pain. It's yeah, like that wh- tree sap first of all, why do they get a burn alive? <laughs> yeah. Let's hit me with the fucking uh, glory hammer. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me with old Ingar's hammer, whatever. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> he give me an old crack across the head with that fucking little hammer, that little, little Mario hammer from fucking Donkey Kong. Why don't you just like smack me on the ve- on the beak? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this quick. Um, um, personally, though, I mean, I think after everything that we've kind of discussed, you know, it, again, it just reaffirms a lot of the stuff we've said. Like, it's like, you know, like, it's like all about, like, how we hang on to tragedy, how we purge it, whether it's right or wrong in this movie. I don't know exactly if it's like saying, well, you should, you know, again, burn people or hurt people or anything like that. But if you think of it in the metaphorical sense, like, this is how we purge things in our mind, like yeah. how we let go of their memories and like you know, honor other ones and how we always remember people that die for, you know, I don't know. Like he might be making a lot of messages there. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of symbolism in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like now that we've talked about it, doesn't it kind of like make it a little bit different for you? Isn't it weird? It does a little bit. Yeah. But like, do you really need to seek that hard to make a good movie? Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, probably not. It definitely has more to it. It's interesting, but I don't know. Like, I mean, it's, it's that's why I say him going through this breakup, him looking all this research up and nobody not. There's nobody that there's people out there that know the history and lore of runes and the traditions and and like all this other stuff and might be going, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, this is so obvious. There is another theory going around that I wanted to share with you guys that I thought was really interesting. So you're going to want to hear this. So what if their friend who invited them all planned the whole thing out from the get? Which seems very likely. Pell, right? Yeah. Like, 
what if Pell actually killed Danny's family? Oh, Schnapple. Right? To trigger this whole chain of events, because it is kind of coincidental that her birthday just happens to be on the day the festival starts. Yeah. And that she happens to be the embodiment of the Midsomar. And when they run into each other doing the Maypole thing, they do kind of look like they're faking it. Mm hmm. Like they bump into each other. Like on purpose. Right. Mm hmm. So I'm not saying that's what it is. We're just trying to flick your bean a little. And maybe that's just like how rational people put this movie together right (laughs) you know what i mean to kind of give it that hereditary spin yeah because you got the whole fucking king pyman or payman who like organized that whole thing because if you look okay like so in hereditary we know that the the um the little houses the little the little doll houses are representative of of everything that's happening in the story and sort of like King Pyman playing dolls with human lives. Yeah. To play his little game, right? Well, the tapestries and the like carvings and the walls and the art and everything are like the dollhouse in hereditary in a lot of ways, painting the story out too. That was brought up in one of the theories explained or whatever. And I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, it does. For but sure. I, I don't know if I buy onto the fact that he was planning it from the get, because then it loses everything that I just said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's not right. It's not fair. But I mean, for people who are, need to rationalize with some sort of uh thing, that could be a go-to for you. So, I mean, there is a part in the firm where Pill does tell Danny too that he's specifically excited mostly for her to come out of everyone. Yeah. So that is a little odd. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I got. I could go into interviews and all this other shit, but I just wanted to kind of keep it to that. And I'm sure it's pretty long-winded, but for those of you who have seen the movie, we're almost at the mark of the two and a half. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So we pretty much talked the same amount of time that the movie was, hopefully more entertaining for you or equally entertaining at least. Uh, (laughs) uh, This isn't a joke podcast. Uh, Yeah, it is, I guess. I don't know. I hate my life. So for the, I, I'm sure like the first joke we made, like people were like, yeah, I'm not listening to this shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unsubscribe. Yeah. They're like, fuck these idiots. You know, they're not going to say anything of substantial value. Uh, but I think we put some stuff out there and you yeah. made, you, you saw some of those things in the movie. I was surprised that you remembered. Uh, there's so much that was going on in that movie and so much that wasn't. Like, I don't know. Like, my brain was just a million different places during that movie. So. I think that's the reason why I grasped on those things, because there wasn't much happening with the movie. But the things that were, I kind of held on to. Well, because the first time you watch a movie, you kind of just there for the ride. Yeah. And, the, and the movie does take you on that ride. But, like, if you don't look past the, like, mannequins in front of you in the haunted ride or whatever, yeah. and you don't look behind them, then you're not going to see all the, like like intricate detail this film really has so and you can kind of gauge that the way the film's going just from the sense of how they set it up you're like oh this is going to be one of those films yeah i mean you well especially coming off the backs of hereditary yeah come on 
But what did you guys think? Do you agree with some of the things that we said? Uh, if you don't want to spoil anything for anybody and you just want to write us personally or something like that, go ahead and write us. Always love hearing from you guys and what you thought about it. We don't always agree, but it, we don't have to. You know what I mean? That's the beauty of it is that we all have this human experience and we all experience it differently. And if it was all the same, it'd be a pretty fucking boring world, wouldn't it? Yep. So... But uh, yeah, those are our thoughts about this, this movie. Not as good as Hereditary, but hey, you know what? It's a good movie that uh, people with a third of their, of his skill could only dream of. You know what I mean? So I'd be, I'm still curious to see what Ari Aster does next. Hopefully it's a, it's a little bit different. And, uh, I wonder if he's going to grab onto some weird old lore too, because he really reaches deep for like King right. Pyman and fucking, now we got fucking the Swedish fucking pagan nightmares happening. I just hope he goes more visceral and dark. Yeah. Yeah. Just all out, just balls to the wall. I think to expect that there isn't going to be some depth to it is pretty naive at this point. Oh, there definitely will be. But I think at some point, maybe when he's like older, he's like going to be like, you know, like, yeah, I don't know if I want to get that deep anymore. Like, can we just make a movie or something? (laughs) (laughs) Like, no offense to Cronenberg. He's one of my favorite directors of all time. But even he went from like high concept pieces into like more of like action drama, emotional sort of things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So... And maybe I just not, wasn't looking into them deep and I need to like watch. Revisit them, yeah. Yeah, like Eastern Promises or fucking like whatever again, which are great movies, but it's just not Videodrome to me. Nothing will ever be <laughs> Videodrome, Existence, Naked Lunch, you know, The Brood, whatever. Brood's a little weird, but anyway. So what do you guys think? Please let us know in the comments down below. What is your score? Uh, that will be the secret thing for this week to so let us know is uh, you got to say spatula <laughs> and then your score. <laughs> and then I'll know you actually listen to the end. But yeah, guys, we'll be back next week for an all new brand episode of uh, Beyond the Void. And as always, guys, long live the void. Episode.